Welcome back to the Do Good Podcast, everybody. This episode is with my longtime friend Jonah, an amazing artist in graphic design, film, fashion, modeling, and music, who has done work with all types of really crazy people in LA, including various large modeling agencies, and even worked alongside Tyler, the creator, with Gulf, Tyler's clothing brand. But Jonah didn't want to talk about that because he's tired of being recognized for that as the thing people point out. Anyway, this is an awesome conversation filled with all types of really deep philosophical stuff around freeing yourself from being self-obsessed, what is truth, ego masquerading is truth, Jonah going to college at USC, the culture of LA, making normal versus weird art and what you value, taking your art seriously versus playfully, not losing faith in your efforts, dressing intentionally, why privileged people should always be uncomfortable, and much, much more. Again, I've known Jonah since high school. He created old graphics for me, including logos for Hustle Grooves, a documentary series I made about Chicago startups, and even album art and song covers for music I made when I was rapping. So anyway, enjoy the conversation. I loved it. Let's get it. Welcome okay. to the Do Good Podcast. I'm here with Jonah, Jonah Wallach, my good old buddy from, yeah. from the Northside College Preparatory. He took himself to the University of Southern California. <laughs> and what's funny? What's funny about that? This will be a good podcast. I think this will be. <laughs> what's <And> up, guys? <laughs> we're not on drugs or anything like that. This is just a natural. This is the energy. This is just the energy. I'm a, I'm a ride or die over here. Do you guys remember? Hustle Guru. <laughs> I think I did the logo. Yes! <laughs> like twice Jonah in a did row. The original. How did I not include this in my notes? Jonah's done a lot of design work for me for very yeah. specific projects from Hustle Gurus to Swami. Uh, music covers. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how that totally went over my head, but so yeah, thanks for that. Thanks. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> We've had various conversations before about how you think the whole world of design is sometimes a little bit too cleaned up because they assume that is what equates to good design. Yeah. You've made all kinds of art that's really wild and the original Hustle Guru logo. <laughs> I actually like it. Yeah, I like more. it too. I like it too. <laughs> but, um, it was very clearly hand drawn, you know? It was like you could see the screw ups in that thing. How do you feel about Northside, the the good old Northside College Preparatory of Chicago, Illinois? Bro, it's so distant from my memory that, like, I don't know. It feels like it was just my life. Mm-hmm. Like, when I think back on it, I'm like, oh, yeah, that was Team Jonah. It was weird because everyone was smart. You think so? Not in meaningful ways, necessarily, <laughs> but everyone was, like, good at school. I don't even think we had a single party that, like, most of our high school class was at. Maybe that's a good point, that there was no full togetherness no like you said you were a very different jonah back then as well i think yeah. this was freshman year and we had our japanese final i cried we were no we were walking oh. up the stairs and you told me i would cut off one of my fingers to make sure i get an a <laughs> 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 yeah hell yeah bro that's what i was on i was fully on that and it's funny because academics now are something that I, like, try to reject. And I, f- I fail. But I try, I try. It's so sad. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't any kind of judgment, but I just yeah. feel like based on how I know you, you've always felt some level of, like, okay, 
whether or not I like school or I like what I, what this is, like I'm just gonna do well on it. I'm just gonna. I hate that, bro. <laughs> like, I hate that. One thing for me not have gone to college yeah. is like one reason that in a way I wish I was in school is only for the pressure of execution. Because now that I've had all this extra time, at first I took full advantage of it because I was fresh out of school and I was like, wow, I don't have to do homework. I'm going to go super crazy on my personal growth. (laughs) Slowly, slowly, inch by inch, you start to take that time for granted again. The regular work that seemed so free and liberating because otherwise it would be homework just became regular work. It's really true. And I think that's a good reason to go to college actually is mm -hmm. because it's a guaranteed step up with those same parameters. Like I still accept in LA some jobs that I kind of don't want to. Mm -hmm. And I go do artwork that I kind of don't want to do. But it's like... I do it because it'll put me in a bind. So even though I want to be doing whatever is up here, college definitely has been like a reason to work hard in like a, a, an environment that's closer to what I actually want to do. Mm-hmm. I'm just super curious, like going to USC and the people that you met there and the stuff you started to get involved with because of school. USC. Yeah. I get to California. I feel like the best people I've met there I got paired into a random suite on campus, eight people, and it was like the best people I've met at USC by a long shot. I don't know how, how, how in detail should I go? I don't really know what, what... Just tell me about LA and like the vibe of LA. I've heard all yeah. different kinds of things about LA that it's like, it's a GTA server. It's it is. Like, Everything you've heard is, tr- is true, I think. <laughs> Everybody's very like caught up in status. Like, yeah. Tell, tell me what you think about like status and fame and Mm. being around high status people and how that makes you feel or why you think everybody wants so bad to be somebody like i wonder about that a lot because i want so bad to be somebody that it makes me wonder constantly like well why do other people because i I know i don't fuck with him and i don't i don't fuck with him and i don't i don't fuck with her and they all want to be somebody so if (laughs) i want to be somebody then why do i want to be somebody and how do i make sure that's a more important reason than the one they have Hmm. and i'm still not sure i mean i definitely want fame just for what it is in part at the end of the day whatever i'm responding to is some need I felt uncomfortable or weird or whatever it is for so much of my life Mm -hmm. that I make things to try to overcome that. Mm -hmm. My hope is at the end of the day, if I keep making things and I make things all the time to try to overcome whatever crazy need I have, I'll make things that help other people overcome those needs. Mm -hmm. And when I think about being rich, famous, whatever else, it's like a weird loop because like the first thing I go to is like oh yeah I would use that money to make more things Mm -hmm. and to execute the kind of art I want to see on a larger scale and enable the kind of art I want to see on a larger scale and then because I did that I would get richer and more famous and then I would execute more and then I would get richer and more famous and then I would execute more and so at the end of the day, what it feels like I'm doing is like, it's kind of an arrogant exercise is it's like, I, I have a vision for the world, a better world than the one we're in right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I want to keep getting richer and more famous 
until to make a better I world, have the power to get more to, richer to and more famous to make a better world to get richer and more exactly. famous. Exactly. <laughs> but I think the important part is I trust that the better world is the more important thing. It's all about faith for me. It's all about finding faith and holding on to faith. And the thing is, no matter how happy and privileged and everything else I was, all it takes is for me to like think about how much people in the world are suffering, and I, I feel fucking pointless. I feel like I could lose my faith because people are hurting so bad. And people will always suffer. That's one of the conditions of the world. There will always be people suffering. Having empathy and knowing my own needs in combination is enough for me to need to move forward all the time and try to make better things and try to make things that liberate people, try to make things that move the world in a, a more like accepting, caring direction. Because otherwise it's like there's no point to life. Only when things get bad and I really, really question myself does that idea change. But it's been pretty consistent, like put more energy and more striving into things so that motivation into that wheel of momentum is that when you see even though however small it is that you're making some kind of interesting anything and in, in, in anything yeah. any kind of little influence yeah. or or you push a little bit here and something pops out over there there's and, ripples yeah 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 and then that's like okay so out of real effort something real does happen and having that faith that even if you're not sure if the effort is delusional or pointless yeah. that if you just keep not blindly but with some level of optimism just keep putting effort into things that something something will come out of it yeah the only real like, fear is that there's no point to anything right and that's, that's the only yeah, scary that's thing that's the scary thing so you want to keep nothing believing. will change yeah I, I had a moment today where i was walking around and everything was it was really gorgeous out and i was staring at um the shadow that this tree was casting I was walking along the sidewalk, and I had this moment of, of, of self Someone was walking by me. Uh, a girl was walking on the other side of the street, and I had this really brief moment of, like, like oh, what do I look like right now? Like, am I, like do I look good walking? Mm-hmm. Do I look, do uh-huh, I look yeah. good? Do I look beautiful? Dude. You know? And, and, but then am I, I walking in a cool way? Am I walking in a cool am way? <laughs> exactly. Am I, walking, am I walking in a beautiful way? And, but then I, I kind of, like... Yeah, it's only funny because I think these are things that everybody <laughs> yeah, is yeah. constantly thinking yeah, yeah. about all but, day well, long. And, and, then I, like, and then I had this, I had this moment of, like, where I looked back up at the sky, and I saw how beautiful the sky was. And I was just, like, not worried about that anymore. You know, what I was worried about was myself. And then I looked up at the sky the way that you would look at a mirror to see how you looked. And I saw the sky was beautiful and I was like, oh yeah, okay, I'm all good. And I think that's really realistic to life is like at the moments where I feel actually beautiful, where I'm sure I'm beautiful, it's because of my surroundings, not myself. It's never like, oh, I look great. So the world is a good place. So I'm okay. It's always like, oh, the world is so great. So of course I'm okay, you know? And it leads to the, the instant feeling that I'm looking for when I look nervously in the mirror. When I stare in the mirror, it's like I'm looking for that confirmation like, oh, I look great. Mm-hmm. Everything's okay. But I rarely find that, if ever. Hmm. The way that I, I can sometimes when I look at the sky or I see like the light reflecting on a car. You are always as beautiful as the world and never more beautiful. And if you're trying to be more beautiful in the world, you won't succeed. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. that's a really good way of putting it. Finding more beauty in the world makes it a lot easier to see beauty in yourself. But once you start to try to see yourself as the most beautiful thing, then things get a little bit 
Yeah, Ugly, especially because I, I think you're forcing something else into existence in the universe that isn't there. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. you're trying to see yourself as the most beautiful thing, but you're misplacing what beauty is. You're using beauty as a symbol for, let's say, sexual desirability. Mm-hmm. You want people to think you're hot. Everybody wants to be the the lust king or exactly. the lust queen. Exactly, <laughs> and, and so that's in your head. But but what you're doing is you're exercising delusion. You know, you're yeah, pretending yeah, that yeah. the world is a place where this. Lust exists on the same plane as beauty or as some kind of innate human characteristic, even though, you know, sex is just confusing and weird and it's just all over society in all kinds of different ways and everyone experiences it differently and desire is the same way. So it's like if you're walking around thinking like, oh, I have to be really hot, you're asking the, the world to be something it isn't. And so you're asking yourself to be someone who can't exist in the world. And so, of course, you're going to get bummed out. You're and you're also asking yourself to be hotter than the next person. Yeah. So. So so you're, you're an enemy. You're, you're yeah. Like, yeah. You're you're <laughs> making yourself an enemy of the yeah. state. Yeah. Exactly. And then it's like even if you are constantly preaching or thinking that things shouldn't be about comparison, you're still at the end of the day constantly caught up in comparing, and it's yeah. Like, it's something I struggle. I with. I struggle with it too. It's all about the world as a reflection. Like, it's all about, like, like there are moments where I look at somebody on Instagram and I look at the photos they're taking instantly, whatever. And in a good way, it's like, yeah, this person's just taking photos, of course. But then there's other moments and it's always when I'm looking for something. Like, I see someone follows them who I think is, like, awesome. And I'm like, fuck, they don't follow me. And then I'm looking at this person's photos and I'm either feeling like, I'm usually feeling like both these photos suck and these photos are so much better than mine at once. Right, right, it's like, right, it's right, like, right. It's like, because, because, because there's some part of me that knows I like what I do and uh, I love what I do and I love what I love. Right, This right, person right. has this thing I don't, so they're doing some kind of trick. They're, they're lying in some way. And then, because I'm putting so much priority on whatever it is they have that I don't, I'm also feeling like, oh, it's important to have that thing that I don't have. So their photos are actually better than mine because it turns out what photos are actually about is getting that thing, is getting that follow, is getting that popularity, is getting that job, is getting the money. And because my photos aren't doing that, they're worse than this person's, you know? And he creates this feeling of like, oh, this person is, is better and they're worse. Yeah. This person is better, dang. They shouldn't be better because actually I know secretly yeah, I know that I'm, I'm better. better. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and again, you're, it's it's delusional. What you're yeah, doing is you're putting delusional. yourself in a world that is bad for you. You're like pretending the world is a place that is your enemy and has to be your enemy instead of your friend. Or even if you know it, it's hard to feel it. I'm struggling with that like every day. One thing that we used to debate a lot about in the good old uh, discrete math yeah. was the idea of is there any kind of real or pure truth and i would say yes there i i felt it in some way shape or form in little bits and yeah. it's worth pursuing you'd be like no <laughs> I that's know. bullshit there's nothing how, how how do you feel today about this, the idea of truth is there is there something real in life that can be grasped or pursued or truth no i'm with you now i think there is objective truth in the Zen tradition, I think there's one point of objective truth inside each of us. But once you see that point or feel it, you understand that that one point is actually the whole world. Right, exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I felt that too. Okay. And I think okay. even then I had felt it, but I was so fucking miserable that I wouldn't let myself believe in it. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, the truth is all 
in everybody individually, but in paradoxically, it's the thing that connects. The all one of thing us. is, yeah, 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 the one thing that's true is that. Yeah, and I remember you telling me that shit, and like, I remember you telling me that everyone was a reflection of everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. Well, only because like. There are certain things that you feel experientially beyond like an intellectual thing. Yeah. And when you see it so clearly for what it is, it's just like, it's not that, oh, this is true, but like, it's something. Yeah. So whether or not we label it as truth, if it's something that it's we're be, it's all beyond, inside. It's beyond so, anything else yeah. that I've ever called true. So, I mean, but, but it's just, it's like how simply we feel like hungry or how simply we feel yeah, yeah. angry when you're really angry or when you're really sad and you're not letting other shit get in the way of those things, you know, like real heartbreak. You just feel it, you know, and then you can do all this horrible neurotic thinking about it that'll drive you fucking crazy and that has nothing to do with truth. But truth is not miserable or happy. It's just true. And it's like, it makes me feel like an atom or something, you know, I'm an object. I'm an experiencing object. Like I'm passing through the world and the world is passing around me. And whatever is going on inside me, emotions and physiology and all of that, it's like one, it's like a meteorite streaking across the sky. It's like one changing constant. You know, it's like the seasons. It's just happening. And I happen to be lucky enough to be a vessel for it mm-hmm. and get to feel it on a daily basis. And I think that's all life is. But that's an interesting feeling to try to square with like what we were talking about earlier about like psychosis. Because, yeah. uh, I don't know. Well, because in psychosis, you can feel like more than ever that yeah. you're truly, yeah. ex- that that's what you're experiencing or that's what you're tapped into. Yeah. When in fact, it's delusion. So there's a fine line between delusion and insight, I think. Yeah, um, it really is. It really is. And it's always like thinking that I'm really insightful and letting myself feel very insightful and very proud of my mm-hmm. insights. I feel like that's led me down a lot of yeah, paths of that's, psychosis. That's, the, that's yeah. the path that leads to delusion is taking pride in yeah. the insight. Yeah, turning or, the truth into ego. Right, 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 right. Because right. you know it's the closest thing to, it's hard for anyone else to tear down something that you think is the truth. Like evangelicals. And they made a, a, a steel shield around themselves with that belief, with that religion. And it's just impossible for anyone to dissuade them of it and they never experience the do you think that's possible are there people who never experience the pain of like being wrong i don't know you're saying like stuck in their beliefs no yeah i I mean if we're talking about evangelicals or people who are very very religious or something like it's it's very sacrilege to even question that their version of the belief is wrong yeah so then they stick to it even more and in sticking to it even more it feels more righteous you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I I think you're right. Maybe some people just go through life more and more invested in their own delusions. And I don't even know if – if it feels almost mean to put it that way. Um, it does feel mean. But then people like that maybe do harm too. But even that feels mean to say. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like I'm, I'm smarter than anyone. Or not smarter than anyone, but smarter than a lot of people. And, like, I have permission to just say, oh, most people are stupid. <laughs> but I think that's not really fair or true. Yeah. I don't, th- I don't think it's fair or true either. And it's only because I felt the same way. Tell me more about the, <laughs> tell me more about the modeling stuff you've done or the modeling agencies you've worked with or 
yeah. how you how you feel about like why making people look cool is cool to you or interesting or that was a weird way to put it no it makes sense (laughs) it depends bro because most modeling isn't actually making people look cool Hmm. a lot of modeling is making people look impossible (laughs) and that's fucking bullshit and i'm i'm party to that see this is one of those things i probably shouldn't be saying why because I model and <laughs> okay, and it makes unfortunately sense, I'm of, in a wor- I'm in a world of modeling where it's like stated belief in it is important. Like I've seen people in LA go from broke to rich on evangelical levels of belief in modeling being good. Interesting. People people who who one day wake up and say for all outside viewers for everyone outside of me it's going to seem like I believe looking impossible is good and from that day forward every picture they fucking post is perfect and is a mm. perfect picture themselves and they spend all day posting so you do know these kinds of yeah, people of in la who it's, are it's the many. true yeah uh po- posters yeah it's the many. true i know many self-branding dude la is crazy like i've had girls i know who go to usc tell me that something like 80 percent of their sorority have had work done. And it blew my mind. And to them, they were like, they thought it was crazy that it blew my mind because they thought everyone knew that. Like the 1600s or whatever, and Mm -hmm. women were wearing corsets, Mm -hmm. you know? And I bet that there's a relationship between women who did that and wealth, you know? And it's less effective because it's not as permanent. It's easier to see. It's easier to know about, and you have to take it off at the end of the day. But it's still an instance of, like, money for a body yeah. and that body is not your body it's a symbolic body that's something else and i think a belief in that being meaningful the symbolic perfect body and you're letting your imperfect human body become a stand-in for that symbolic perfect body i've seen a lot of people in la get rich and screw over their friends on that belief damn and it's not that dramatic it's not that pronounced but i think you're touching on a interesting point which is like so many people in the world they're just not satisfied with how they look too many people way too fucking many so many like everybody it's insane it's insane that that's like a a part of the human condition but you can you can live outside it i think a lot of people do but it's weird and i think that's one of those things we aren't ready to to talk about like ugliness as a form of marginalization I'm treading some very dangerous waters here. But something I'm thinking is like people talk about the beauty standard, right? And then they try to stretch that and they say, oh, let's get plus-sized models in the picture, you know? They're finding the people within those communities who look the most possible like the beauty standard. Mm -hmm. Because what nobody's ready to give up on or abandon is beauty. That's something I've struggled with a lot. Like uh, Fanon, France Fanon, Fanon, I don't know how to pronounce it. He's like a black revolutionary thinker. I think he wrote in the 60s and 70s. He has this really interesting chapter in his book, The Wretched of the Earth, where he's talking about the suburbs and the white suburb and how beautiful the white suburb is and how much that's in everyone's mind. mind. Like, mm-hmm. like the white suburb is a place where like the trash is filled with like delicious food of all kinds <laughs> and the, the bushes and trees are all sculpted and everything. And it's like shocked me to read it because I was kind of like, oh, this is like everything I cherish is like mine only because I'm privileged. You 
can't possibly feel how violent it actually is because you're not a member of the group who's dispossessed of Mm -hmm. those things. Yeah, you can't really truly see or experience what you're not truly affected by. And so it's just so tricky because people still want, whoever we are, want to be able to empathize with each other. And so it's like, what is real empathy when you still can't experience it in the same way you can't see the full picture yeah what do you think i don't know i i think it goes back to the point of truth yeah exactly exactly because at some level we all share the same experience yeah but i don't want to get into the territory of saying oh we all we i all know sh- what that's like we all share the same yeah. experience because then people are we like, don't. no we don't <laughs> right we don't. you know <laughs> so, we do but we don't we do yeah that's yeah, the so. really hard thing i think part of the thing about being privileged that people don't understand in a lot of ways is you should be uncomfortable i think people think that the goal is to get comfortable you know i think people approach matters of privilege like like i see so many privileged people i know on social media posting about things in a way where it's like oh they think because they learned all these terms they're somehow displacing their privilege you know they're they're trying to get comfortable they're trying to now that this new idea has entered into their world they're trying to find the way that they get back to comfort now that they've educated themselves in the right way or they've learned how to say things in the right way or they've learned how to they're ready to go back to feeling the way they used to, you know? Yeah, yeah, But yeah, yeah, whereas yeah, the whole yeah. point of all of those terms, of all of that work, was you should never get to go back to the way that you used to feel. I just feel like so many people are so eager to get comfortable with political topics when the fact of the matter is there are always going to be people suffering. If you get comfortable, you're lying to yourself. It's so weird because I say that and then tomorrow I'll be like lying on a hammock, you know, in the sun, holding a glass of iced tea. And I'll be like, oh, I'm so happy right now. I'm so comfortable right now, you know. Let's go back a little bit to just like the different work you've been doing. And like <laughs> I see, I, I saw, well, anyway, something you said earlier that I think explains it well was you were like how I feel when I see the light reflect off oh, yeah. a car window. Like yeah. little things like that. Yeah. Thing. Like the whole time I'm in here, for instance, I'm fucking freaked out. By these black panels, bro. <laughs> I'm terrified. I think anyway. this the same side of you, though, that where things freak you out is also what lets you tap into a certain, like, peculiar artistic sense. Like, yeah. The same part of your brain that causes you to... Oh, yeah. Well, it freaks me out in the opposite direction, too. It makes me freak out. Like, I need to capture this, you know? I need to get this right. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. Like, uh, I had an experience on a shoot one time, and the model's agent was there, and he actually asked that question. He, like, leaned over to the person who was conducting the shoot, and he was like, why is he freaking out? You? About me. About what? Because I just wanted to get my fucking shots in, man. Okay? (laughs) I'm trying to make this video. And I know I need however many shots for however long, but I'm seeing fucking more all the time. And I know it can go deeper. And I know the photographer isn't fucking trying to go deeper, you know? So why are we fucking giving the photographer any time? Let the photographer take five photos, okay? And then give me the whole rest of the fucking time. And I'll kill it. No matter what shitty, stupid job it is, I'll make something that speaks to the nature of being a person. You know? I'm slamming on the table. I'm screaming. This is my... 
I've mobbed no, that's, arms. No, that's passion. That's really an enthusiasm for what you do. And so it creates all kinds of emotions. Yeah, But all kinds of difficulties. Because <laughs> when you really care about something, then you suffer it as well. But then you make cool stuff. Yeah. Suffer it a lot, so. bro. Suffer it so much. And, and sometimes you suffer it so much, you can't even make cool stuff. Mm, you know, yeah, 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 you're yeah, putting yeah. yourself through the ringer too much. I've been going that through that last couple of days. Uh, American writer with writer's block and then decades long writer's block. And then and oh, God. <laughs> and, and <laughs> don't jinx me, bro. No, no, you're good. You're good. And then saying like the, their uh, editor saying that the reason they have writer's block is because of their reverence for the written word. Like yeah. the more you care about stuff and sometimes it can backfire on you and make yeah. you even not want to produce or something. Yeah. But uh, I, yeah, I don't want to. And I hope. That's the thing that's like, I wish people didn't care so much to the point where they can't be pl playful. Yeah. Or... Well, but it depends, bro. It depends on what kind of playfulness, you know? I always go back to um, uh, Stanley Kubrick. Films-wise, he's just the greatest. He abused the fuck out of people on his sets. Really? Yeah, and he was uh... so neurotic. He couldn't fly. Deadly serious. Really obsessed about how he managed a set, you know, but... That's and it's a question because because that it's a matter of temperament and of passion. Mm -hmm. and, and like you said, it's like, I agree being playful is important. And, but when I watch his movies, I see play. It's just deadly serious, you know? Mm. It's like, because he's pulling these transitions, these slow cross dissolves, and they seem kind of random. It's like, I mean, it's a matter of of personal choice. It's like there was no objectivity to it. There was no math equation that told right, him to right. do that. He was following his own rules, his own intuition, and he put that crazy fucking transition in there. But it just looks and feels so goddamn right that there's no questioning how <laughs> how deadly, scary, serious he was about the choice. That's interesting because there's all these very famous examples, whether it's Kubrick or someone like uh, Steve Jobs, who you hear is yeah. like terrible to some of the people that they that yeah. they work with. But in the spirit of creating the best possible thing how do you reconcile that i don't know yeah again it goes back to the ego masquerading as truth and truth masquerading mm -hmm, as the mm -hmm, ego mm -hmm. when we have an attachment to something it's through our ego someone like steve jobs you know stupid smart seeing something that they consider the truth and it gets welded onto their ego yeah, in a way where yeah, they yeah. wield it to hurt people but they also wield it just because they need to make that thing come to life and if they don't make that thing, thing come to life it's like fucking death because it is like death For me, at least, if I see the truth and I can't get it down, it's like death. I might as well die. And that's why I just keep trying. And I don't think I'll ever stop trying. But it's hard, man. I don't want to be poor. <laughs> you know? Let's talk, talk about the clothes now. The clothes. You got on this sweater. Yeah. And you designed this. I did design correct? this sweater. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. You're really trying to hook him in with this one. <laughs> <laughs> trying to give him a reason to stick around, yeah. huh? <laughs> <laughs> Tell me more about your sense of what is interesting fashion. Or right. I remember seeing this picture of you on Instagram on like the the runway or doing some modeling. Yeah. And your shorts have like a telephone and yeah, like yeah, a yeah. bacon. Yeah, and yeah, uh, yeah. I'm like, whoa. Like, I think I showed it to a friend of mine. He was like, whoa, I couldn't rock that style, but that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, I think I, I think I. I think you rocked it. Yeah. I think I dress terribly. I totally. Really? Think, I think I dress bad. But like, I don't mind it. Okay. Okay. So that's what I'll start with. 
the number one thing for me is dressing intentionally. I don't have the fucking money to do that right now. You know, mm, I agree. more than ever, I, I can't agree. afford I agree. the clothes. I agree. I agree. Because store-bought clothes are so bad most of the time. Like you go to most of the stores that sell clothes that people can afford. It's like this shit is lame. Yeah, who designed this? <laughs> I don't see any thought. I don't see any love. I don't see any personality. You know, I think those things are important. I think you should wear clothes that look as close to who you are inside right, as possible. Right, right. And I think everyone should be more comfortable with who they are inside. So I, basically, I just think everyone should be rocking crazier clothes. I agree. It doesn't mean it has to be fucking bright, obnoxious colors or big droopy silhouettes like I like. It can just be whatever. But everyone should be dressing a little bit weirder, a little bit more intentionally. And, and then I get kind of bummed out because I feel like I see all these like L.A. brands, for instance. In L.A., everyone fucking starts a clothing brand. You know, the notion of these brands is that they allow for an escape from that. They allow for some other kind of creativity. But so many brands that people start are exactly as bland and neutral or just so slightly less bland and neutral that it almost feels pointless. And so then, I, you know, I wanted to make clothes for a long time just because of that. I was like, oh, man, if I could make, like, clothes that look the way I imagine clothes looking, I feel like so many people could feel so fucking weird and comfortable and cool walking around in them. But shit's expensive. Yeah. It's expensive to get stuff produced. And you have to sell it. And the thing is, I'm no good at selling. I can't sell a single thing, bro. <laughs> I can't sell a single goddamn thing. It's so stressful because I spend all my time making stuff, all my time thinking about how to make stuff, and then I, I wake up like broke. And I'm like, okay, what do I do? What do I do with these t- these skills I have? What do I do with this talent I have to make things? Just get a good salesperson to work with you. I think I could do it. Okay. I think it's all about belief. It is. I think to this point, because... Well, because wait. Just from my yeah. small experience going through sales, that you're right. It's about belief. The thing that they tell you over and over again in sales is that it's basically about transferring certainty from yeah. the person selling. Absolutely, to the, bro. So Absolutely. If, if you really believe in it, then it's much easier to sell. I, but I feel like you're saying right now you do believe in it. I, I've always believed in it. Like maybe I believe in the art. But I don't believe I deserve to sell anyone anything. Mm, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so I'm communicating in a way that's making people not buy shit. Mm. Secrets right here, guys. Okay? <laughs> I, really? This is the hard... This is what most people don't understand about, like, quit fucking transferring and bouncing around and, and looking the other way. You, you just do it. I hit that point with movies this year. I've always... I've written probably two and a half screenplays at this point mm. for, for feature-length films. Really? And both of the first two, I read and I was like, yeah, this is fire, but like, what fucking studio would make this? If I saw this movie, <laughs> if I saw this movie in theaters, I would freak out. I would watch it a fucking million times. It would be my favorite movie ever. And it would have been my favorite movie ever when I was like 10, too. Like, I know what I just made is what I just wrote. Front to back is amazing and so crazy. But, but you don't think other people a, will believe in it. A studio would not buy this film. I just know it. Because it doesn't hit demographics. It doesn't make money. It's not the kind of thing people go and watch. Even though you really believe in it, you don't think other people see See what would let them into it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I don't think other people would. Because even Punch Drunk Love, this is my fucking favorite movie of all time. This is my number one movie. It's Adam Sandler. It's a romantic comedy set in L.A. Early 2000s. It's all about the magic, and it looks great. It sounds great. It's hilarious. 
It's got Louis Guzman. Normal people. Philip Seymour Hoffman plays this angry mattress store manager. Normal fucking people should love this movie. And it was a box office failure. And I looked at the marketing. Marketing was all amazing. Branding was all amazing. Trailers were amazing. People just weren't willing to go outside of their comfort zone. The movie mm-hmm. failed. So you see stuff like that and you think that's what's going to happen to not, I'm work. not even writing anything that normal. I'm not writing anything that appropriate, you know? Like this movie I just pointed out. Let's say normal is here and weird is here. I would say this movie could be right in the middle, right? In terms of what its aesthetic qualities are, what formally is in it. But then in terms of belief in itself, this movie goes all the way to 100. And there's also weird stuff over here. Like this guy, Daniel Johnston, you know? He sings these these sad, sad songs, and he always had all these really extreme mental health issues. I would say he's a lot closer to the weird side of things in terms of a lot of people would hear it and like not want anything to do with it, you know? But he's also a 100 on the belief scale. I think genius is all about belief, like Kanye, which isn't to say he doesn't make choices that are weird, but his music, in terms of what it tries to do, is very close to what mainstream music tries to do. But he's also 100 on the belief scale. Yeah, yeah. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So what I'm starting to understand is that this bottom sliding scale is to a certain degree a choice. And so that's all about what I decide I want to do. And then I can invest my belief into wherever that happens to fall. So like the movie script I'm working on right now, I'd say it's not a 100. It's probably an 80 on the belief scale, unfortunately. Because I don't, I don't believe in it all the way. I believe more in weirder movies. But I'm writing it with, with belief because I know that something this close to normal with my level of belief, it's got to be a fucking hit. There's no getting around it. Because I'm smart enough to know, like, people love Superbad, you know. Right. There's people the like The Rock. Like, yeah. You can hide the weird under the, like, that's what Kanye's done. He's hidden the weird under the mass appeal, you know? People are hearing a song called Drunk and Hot Girls. They relate to the name. They relate, right. to, they relate to how catchy the album is. And they relate to the, the direct, he directly states confidence. And he talks about money and stuff. And, you know, people get into all of that, you know? And he talks about belief. He talks about love. He talks about God. You know, people aren't really paying attention to, like, A, how fucking crazy it is that it's a song that sounds the way it does. You know, <laughs> we've gone through way too much to fuck with these drunken hot girls. That's deep, bro. That's scary. <laughs> That's deep in it. That comes from a real scary life experiences, you know? And also he's sampling fucking Can, this crazy, I love Can, but this crazy fucking German pop band from the 60s and 70s who have all these crazy songs is just the most insane drumming and the most insane sampling and the most insane vocals, you know? And that's shit that most of the people who listen to Kanye West would never put on, you know? But he's hidden it under the pop thing and made it accessible to this massive, massive audience. Or like Daft Punk. They're not they're like not even weird at all. They're like all the way at the normal point kinda. Really? But their but their confidence is fucking maxed yeah, out. Yeah. You know? So they're just drawing from all over and and that's sick to me. Do you feel like you have some resentment against the, the normal end of the... I wouldn't say it's resentment, but I would say it's, like, caution. Normalcy is why I suffered when I was younger. Like, when I was a kid, and I was fucking inathletic, and I was nerdy, and I was spazzy, and my eye twitched and shit, you know? And I had glasses, and I was short, and I didn't know how to wear cool clothes. And especially, I was just sensitive. Mm-hmm. I was sensitive as fuck. And people saw that, and they couldn't deal with it. And they mistreated me. I gotta fucking safeguard that little kid that people fucked with when I was younger. And at the same time, though, I have to do right by him by being successful. So it's like, mm, how do I infiltrate? Yeah, yeah. How do I treat myself right? 
How do I make sure the people around me are in a good place and are getting what they need? How do I get what I need? But then also, how do I infiltrate the culture and turn it into a place that was that's safer for people like the people I love, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and safer for people like the people who I don't know I love, but I know are suffering, and I know don't deserve it. And, and the fear, of course, is always like, I'm going to make one good pop song. I'm going to sit there listening to it. I'm going to say, this is going to make me so much money. And then I'm going to say, instead of, let me make another pop song that'll make people happy, I'm going to say, let me make another pop song that'll make me so much money. You know? Yeah. That's the concern, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is that I'll accidentally teach myself to do the wrong thing. Or you'll teach yourself to do what is the right thing by the market standard. Yeah, I'll teach myself to do what's successful, and I'll forget how to do what's right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Jonah, for coming on <laughs> the, the podcast. Oh, the official podcast stuff feels so funny. How could people reach out? Don't, and, don't, reach, don't out. reach out. Don't reach out. Don't reach out. We'll done. leave it at that. Okay. <laughs>